Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Burgundy Gold Knuckleheads podcast. And it's a good thing we had a little bit of a delay on this podcast because I think if I didn't, me and my main man, Reggie, we would need a, a public, what do, they, what do they call it, like a, a, a public uh, announcement of, of language may not be suitable for young children. Um, <laughs> but, but we gave it, and, and you don't know as we get talking about this, but uh, I'd like to welcome my main man, Reggie, here with me today. What's going on, Reggie? What's, what's up, man? What's up? You, you're right. You're right. Having a, uh, a few days post Thursday nights debacle, um, I've had a chance to kind of cool down a little bit. Right. You know, my feeling, my feelings on the game has not changed. My thoughts on the game has not changed, but the emotion behind a lot of those feelings and thoughts have kind of cooled a little bit because had we done a podcast Thursday night or even Friday, um, yeah, I don't know that our podcast would have been suitable for, for young adults because we try to keep this rated PG. You know, so anyone can listen or you can listen while you're with your kids or whatever. Um, but this podcast would not have been suitable had we done this um, right after the game. But but here we are. Here we are. Days removed from Thursday night. Um, can't say that I feel any better about what happened because we had a chance to kind of stew on a little bit. But but uh, but we'll, we'll get into all the specifics and the details um, of this game. Um you know, you had the, I'm going to use my air quotes here, I guess the the fortunate <laughs> chance and ability to actually be there live on uh, the game Thursday night. So so you can kind of tell us a little bit about how things were um, in the stadium that um, right. on Thursday. Um, I mean, there was a lot of excitement going into the game. Um, I tailgated with um, some of the same people we did on week one uh yep. over by the the 405 crew and some of the people that aren't necessarily part of them but they mingle around with them and and over there where the hog farmers um set up and everything um not nearly as big because i mean obviously it's a thursday night people scrambling from work to try to get there uh, and everything right. uh but it was a it was a good mood it was a good atmosphere you know we we lost one against philly and you're like man that could easily have, have been a win and if we play like that this week we should be walking away you know we should dominate chicago right yeah yeah the, the fourth quarter ought to be a, just a cakewalk right we're just going through the motions in the fourth quarter at that point um and yeah and so even going into the game um my ticket was on the visitor side it was on the chicago side and over there, there was a decent amount of Chicago fans, but overall, they they weren't like overwhelming. Um, you definitely noticed that they were there in in that area uh, where I was at, but mm -hmm. it it wasn't overwhelming. Um, and as, as the game got going, and 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 we were just getting punched in the face left and right. Um, <laughs> It was more shock, you know, the, 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 the first quarter into the second quarter, it was, it was shock more than people getting PO'd. I mean, not that people weren't happy about it, but it was just a stunning shock of like, okay, we're going to get this 
we're, you know, we're going to tighten things up and, right. and, and make this a game. And when the, when the, when halftime was over, there was, there were some booze. There was a, a decent amount. It wasn't overwhelming. I would have thought there actually would have been more, but there was, there was, you know, the boo birds were definitely out at the end of the half as Washington was running into the, um, I started to say dugout, uh, run into the, to the locker room. And yeah, it was, it was, it was a, even at the end of the night. Yes, we were, we were mad, but there was still shock even at the end of the night. Um, yeah, was, was the over, you know, like I said, we cussing and pissed and Angry. still shock and shock. That was the, like I said, I, yeah. I, I not, I, that's like the, the perfect thing is just stunned and shocked on how bad we looked, how much of a hole we dug for ourselves. Um, how for the third week in a row, one wide receiver just eats our lunch. I mean, from the get-go, and it could have been worse, right? Uh, DJ Moore had eight catches for 130 yards, three touchdowns, and it could have been worse by him alone. Yeah. Um, well, so, let me tell you, sitting, yeah. sitting at home watching it, um, there was a lot of shock, and and I can't imagine even Buffalo, not Buffalo, Chicago fans. Were, had to have been in shock just as what just as much. They yes. were shocked as what at what they were seeing. We were shocked in disbelief, and they were sh- you know because of what was happening. They were shocked because of what they were seeing as well. Um, but for those that are that are listening um, in a in a rare moment here, I want to point out that for probably the first time ever, and I'm doing mine on purpose. I, I purposely didn't wear any any commander's gear. And, and as luck would have it, Ken is not wearing any commander's gear. He's he's supporting his Baltimore Orioles um, as the Orioles are in the uh, baseball playoffs against the uh, Texas Rangers, our home team here. And I'm in a in a rare mood supporting my home team back in uh, in Atlanta. I'm wearing an Atlanta Braves Braves hat. So I'm doing mine to boycott at least for one week where I don't want to wear any commander's gear. So I'm supporting my my Atlanta Braves had as my Braves lost game one to the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, and again, Lisa Ken is wearing his Baltimore Orioles. So we're trying to represent our baseball teams because our football team just, man, them boys just did not show up, man. Um, you got any stats you kind of want to run down, Ken, before we get into any specifics of the game? Well- I think you know a few stats that that stand out. I gave the one on DJ Moore, uh, eight receptions for 230 yards, three touchdowns, and like I said, if you watch the game, it could have been more. Uh, he right. he was missed uh, a couple throws there where he was wide open. He were just uh, bad throws, um, or he could have had another 50 to 70 yards without a problem. Um, yeah, he, he he could have easily approached 300 yards. As crazy as that sounds for for a wide receiver, um, uh, other two stats. I mean, I mean, Howell. I will say, man, as bad as we were, and 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 Howell was not perfect by any means, but man, if, if Howell isn't as gutsy as he is through all the turmoil and everything of that game, it could have been worse. 
Um, how was 37 of 51, 72% completion rate for 388 yards? Um, he did have one interception, and that was a bad interception. It was 100% on him. Uh, bad throw, bad decision. Um, didn't read the – was it a safety or linebacker that they came across and um, – and he was late. He was late on the throw. When you yeah. when they showed it on TV, he went through his progressions. And there's been a few few of his uh, plays where there's been a pick or incompletion where he's going through his progression. And by the time he, he's he's slowed through his reads. So had he gone through his progression a lot quicker, the receiver was open. But by the time he sees the receiver and then throws the ball, the defender had a chance to close the gap and make make the interception. Okay. Okay. And uh, and that that was what the deal. But for me, this game came down to, you know, obviously you have both offenses and both defenses. But to me, this game came down to their offense, which was not very good. Lots of injuries on both sides of the ball. In fact, they even lost their starting center and had moved the guard to center. But right. Chicago came in this game with a lot of injuries and not very good offensively against what is supposed to be an elite top rated defense. I, and I, I haven't wanted to use that term for a long time, but keep going. I, I don't use that term and I haven't I haven't for years because I've said I've said on this podcast many times is I don't care what the stats are telling me. My eye test tell me is we're not an elite game changing defense. And so but that's the narrative that is out there. So that was the defense that was up against the Chicago offense. And the Chicago Bears can score on all five of the first half possessions, albeit touchdown or inter or a field goal. But all five possessions, they went down and got points off of it, which led to a, I want to say, 27, 27, three, three. Yep. 27 to three halftime lead. I mean, it, it's, it's ridiculous to what what this defense did. And I, 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 I'm, I'm of the opinion, man. I mean, they had, I think, 300 and let me look at my notes here. At halftime, they had 307 yards. We had a total of 84 yards. Yeah. So offensively, there's there's some things that I think offensively Washington needs to do better in terms of the slow start because the first two possessions were three and out. But the reason why I'm not um, coming down hard on the offense because we expected our offense to have struggles. We expected our offense to have these up and down moments. We expect our offense to, to be still trying to get it together, offensive line. Um, come together, EB, the new coordinator, the new quarterback with Sam Howell. But what was supposed to be consistent was our defense in year four of the same defensive scheme going into this year four with only one new starter, the defense was supposed to hit the ground running. And all we kept hearing about in the offseason was start fast and turnovers. Right. Start fast and turnovers. And through five games, we've not started fast. And neither we get the turnover, right? And yeah. here, here we here we got a defense through, with the exception of week one, Ken, four consecutive games, which is four out of five. This defense has allowed thirty three plus points in every game except week one. There's nothing top notch, top ten, elite, scary, whatever word you want to use that people Just use to describe opposite. this defense. It is none of that. We're in the bottom half of almost every statistical category. I don't I don't give a damn about Montez Sweat and Chase Young getting two sacks a half in a game. and I, I don't care because what's happening is while they're getting those sacks, they turn around and, and we're still giving up big plays down the field as a defense. 
Right. So, so stats are just that they're just stats. What's not happening is we're not getting the production when you consider the draft capital and the financial investment that has been invested in this team in this defensive front. It's not happening and it is not getting it done. So I've, I've, I've had enough of it, man. Yeah. I've um, had enough of it. The only stat that I didn't uh, get to was B Rob only had six carries all game. That's it. Six carries by, by any of the running backs. Howell had four. Robinson had six. We had a total of 10 carries. And obviously, Howell, maybe one of his four was designed. I don't think, if I recall, I don't remember any of them that were. So at least three of them were scrambles, uh, probably all four. So we had, and I, I understand we were behind, but you can't do a draw. You can't do something of, of any running at all. Um, well, well, I know the naysayers are going to say that we got behind, so we still had we had to pass the ball more. So I'm pretty sure that's the the, the narrative. But I understand. But I'm with you. I, but I'm with you. Six but, but, carries but in an NFL game seems seems ridiculous for 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 a starting caliber running back as as Robinson. I, if anybody wants to take this bet, I'll take it. Uh, there will not be another game in the NFL by any team the rest of the year where the running back has six carries or less, right? Uh, th this will be the low point for any running backs um, this year uh, with that. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about on, on, on that with, with the defense is, and I know I'm not the first, we, everybody's been talking about it all year, but I got a little bit different. Um, you know, there's a lot of heat on Jack Del Rio, right? We every year we we seem to slow slow down. Ha, I'm sorry, have a slow start on our defense, and about the time that we're not in the running or we don't think we're in the running for a playoff, all of a sudden they start playing well. Um, when Joe Gibbs came back, uh, he was gone for a number of years and came back. Um, not that he didn't have success, but the NFL had changed. And a lot of the things that he was trying to run were old school, let's just call it, you know, old school 80s football. And here we're in the 2000s, and it was a lot more of a speed passing game. Um, and not that he couldn't have had success, but I think he, if he would have stayed around longer, he would have had to change um, to get consistent success in the NFL. I think Del Rio's defense and the idea and the way that he is scheming this up is old school. And the the NFL may have passed his his defensive schemes. Um they, they may have worked in the nineties, early two thousands, but what he's doing now, I mean, if they keep saying year after year, you know, you get this defensive line, you have the front four, and then you've got, you know, seven back to cover. Well, R four isn't doing enough, right? And then, and then on top of that, you're 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 rarely blitzing. You know, you have one here, or there. You once every three games, you're throwing in a safety blitz, um, and we've seen you know the the, the safety blitz where the safety's right there and misses. Uh, that, you know, a couple weeks ago, um, right. and so. I'm I'm questioning. You know, is, is it our talent or is it 
and it can be both. Is it our talent or is it our defensive scheme that Del Rio and the coaching staff are putting out there? Um, and I don't know that I have the answer or you have the answer. I mean, I'll, I'll take any input that you have there, but I know there's heat on Del Rio. He's, he's definitely on the hot seat, but I think it has to do with more of his scheme does not work in this wide open NFL and the way every quarterback is a mobile quarterback that he needs to, that, that, that he either needs to make the changes immediately or it, it's, you know, it, it's a new system. It's a new time uh, and a new defense that needs to come in here. Um, my personal opinion on it is I think the issue with our defense is multifaceted. Um, I think there's a little bit of the scheme that Jack Del that Jack Del Rio uh, deploys is part of the problem. I think there's lack of accountability on the players in terms of what they're supposed to be doing in terms of doing their job. Uh, and I don't know that Ron and Jack are holding those guys accountable. I'm not saying they need to bash these guys publicly, but the fact that here we are in year four, their post game press conference is all the same. It's that we need to start fast. Guys need to be disciplined. We need to rush as a unit. All, all of the same things that we've been hearing for the past three years, we're still hearing through the first five games in year four. Right. Um, so that's players. That's not on Jack Del Rio. Because how do we know that the scheme doesn't work a little bit better if the players are going to do what they ask them to do? Again, I'm not saying that the scheme is, is perfect. But if the players are doing what they're supposed to do in the scheme, Instead of giving up 30 points a game, could we be giving up 20 points a game? Because, hell, 20 points a game, man, we win some of the games that we've just played. Yeah. So so I think it's a little bit of everything. We continue to draft players or sign players and free agents that are good at one thing, and then we ask them to do something different in our defense. That's not that's not scheme. That's just – that's on coaches. Right. That has nothing to do with the scheme. It's just that we're picking the wrong players. So – Emmanuel Forbes, Emmanuel Forbes, right? They talked about his ball skills, but Emmanuel Forbes is a is more of a more of a zone corner. But they're, they're making him play man, and he's he got to play. He got to play everything in this league. And I, I I don't disagree, Ken. But my point being is, but he's a primarily a good zone corner, and he's getting killed. In, he's getting killed in man. So what do you do? You make the adjustment. You put a safety over top. I don't know, but. But hell, you look at Kim Kim the Fuller in this game. Kim the Fuller was getting burned. Yep. I mean, I don't I don't know. To me, in year four, the amount of blown coverages, big chunk plays, wide wide open running receivers should not be happening in this in this defense in year four. The miscommunication, you can see it on the touchdown. They're turning around looking at each other. Why, why are we still having having miscommunication and blown coverages in this defense? In year four. With, with the same players playing it for the fourth Same year. players. Same players. The only thing we brought in was our line, middle linebacker, uh, Cody Barton. Right. And and I, we don't even got to get into Cody Barton. I understand that he's not playing well. But this 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 defensive issue is bigger than Cody Barton. Well, I, I think even as you as, – as we – you know, you do some, some hard evaluating after – a three-game losing streak and a loss like that to a winless Chicago Bears, right? I mean, you didn't just lose. You you got 
you got torched, right? It, it, they, put it was, up, they put up 40 points. Yeah, 40 it, was points. it was appropriate that uh, Washington was wearing black because that was a funeral, right? They put up 40 points on us. Uh, and uh, but, but as you start looking at it, you know, Ron's approach to building this team has been through very mid to low level free agency and the draft right and so that 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 means all your talent what you would consider big talent um has got to be through the draft so when you miss at this point he's missed with forbes right uh F forbes gave up two huge plays and immediately got pulled out of the game you see him trotting over with his head down uh you know getting a little uh time sitting on the bench there um throughout the game and then you know you also missed with um uh with davis with jamming davis of he's an okay player but he's not a first round impactful linebacker that you thought and hoped that you would get and this this defense this this defense needs impact players beyond the defensive line um and and there's none back there there there's some solid players um you know cam curl hasn't hasn't made any special plays fuller hasn't forbes hasn't none of the linebackers have um they're they're chasing players more than they are attacking um and it you know again is is this talent is it coaching is it the scheme is it a combination of, it's you know more than likely a combination but it, it's ugly it's it's ugly to watch man um, it is it is but let me just say this man i i know there's a lot of chatter on social media about manual forbes i'm not ready to one give up on this kid or even consider him a bust as a first round pick this kid, kids played five games man and he's gone up against some quality pro bowl to all pro wide receivers in the NFL. And what they have done is they have used his aggressiveness and they have used his emotions against him. He's playing veteran receivers. Yep. And it, it outside of the skill aspect of it, there's the mental aspect. And A.J. Brown got in his head and used that against him. So he 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 apparently he clearly is susceptible to the double move there's that's where the coaching comes in yeah and that, that's because of his aggressiveness right Everybody that's right he's aggressive aggressive um and yeah we were texting back and forth about this and um i mean they could have they could have burned and used him more abused him more because he was he was out of out of, out of position a couple times where they went to a different receiver or a different tight end and i was like oh man i'm i'm glad they didn't see that because that would have been another big again big play. again that's where the 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 experience of these receivers are using his aggressiveness and and being an emotional player they're using it against them but Absolutely. that's what your coaches got to get in your face and get in your ear where's where's the secondary coach right chris harris is gone chris, everyone talked about how chris harris was a fiery in your face but they love playing for him. And he's in Tennessee now. So who's the coach then? Who's who's getting in Emmanuel Forbes' ear during the game? 
Yeah. I mean, this, this just doesn't make any sense. But I want to give you another stack, Ken. I got it written down here. Justin Fields, the, the, the Chicago team put up 40 points. Justin right. Fields only had 15 completions. Yeah. 15. Folks. Yeah, I, 15 completions. Yeah, I knew he threw he for threw, less than 300 yards. Yeah, he threw, 40 for, points. He, he threw for 282, which yeah. means there was a lot of yak yards by the wide receiver. But here's the interesting stat. Justin Fields threw for 282 yards. All but 52 yards, Ken, went to DJ Moore. DJ Moore had 230 yards. Right. The quarterback only threw for 282. So all but 50 yards right. went to one, 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 one guy, DJ Moore. And did we do anything to adjust that? No, we didn't. Another thing, Chicago. Their defense, not very good. Through four games, had two sacks total. Two sacks through four games. Yeah. In one game against Washington, they had four or five sacks. So again, what, what is the problem here? What, what is the problem here? Because I will say it again, man. To me. The team that we saw play Philadelphia last Sunday yeah. is the team that I would expect Washington to trot, to trot out on the field every, every game in year four. Correct. Win or lose, win or lose, the results doesn't matter. I would expect that every week, the type of team that we saw play Philadelphia is who we would be putting on the field week in and week out. And the chips will fall where they're made in terms of wins and losses. But that's the kind of team that I would expect in the, in the fourth year of Ron Rivera. Not the team that played Buffalo. Not that performance that we put up against Chicago. I understand Sam Howe and the offense hung in there and put up 20 points. But look, man, it took them until the second half to even do that. Yeah. They had three points. 84 yards in, in of total offense against a sorry Chicago Bears defense. That's where the offense has to help the defense. But again, it was supposed to be the defense holding it down until our offense can get it going. So I don't know where this is all is. I know social media is, is killing Ron Rivera and Jack Real, but I'm sorry, people. Firing not one, but two of those guys at this point in the season. If one is not going to happen, and two is not smart, right? I, I agree. There's, I agree. There, there's there's no one to to bring in for Jack Del Rio. According to reports, there's no one on his defensive coaching staff that has ever called plays. So you fire Jack Del Rio. Who's going to call the plays? Ron Rivera, Eric Bieniemy. You fire Ron Rivera. Okay, you make Eric Bieniemy your. Your head coach now who's calling the plays? Right. Who's calling the plays? Eric Bieniemy? Nah, I think Eric needs to continue to focus and work on making Sam Howe the quarterback that we need him to be, not only for this year and the years down the line. I just think Josh Harris personally is going to let this play out, how it's going to play out, whether he already knows what decision he's going to make, but I think that decision will be made at the end of the year. And whether that is to keep Ron, fire Ron, fire everybody, keep some, keep all of that's going to be made. I don't believe for one second that Josh Harris, despite what Magic Johnson is tweeting, 
I don't think Josh Harris is going to be, be rushed to make a quick move. I, I posted it on Twitter. I said, listen, people got to remember, Josh Harris was the owner or is the owner of the team that started the so, so-called the process. That means that guy's a very patient guy. Right. He's not going to make a quick, rash decision because we got blown out by Buffalo and got beat by a sorry 0-4 Chicago Bears team. He's not going to make those quick, rash decisions, unlike some of our fans want. I'm just as angry and pissed off as, 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 as the rest of them. But I don't think just running out and just start firing everybody is the answer either. So this season will play out. Either we're going to get on a run and hopefully make it to the playoffs, or we're going to end up being terrible. I just don't want us to be a middle-of-the-road team, and we're picking 15 through 20 again in, in next year's NFL draft. Because you, right. when you're in the middle being mediocre, it's never a good spot. You either need to be real terrible or you need to be really good. Yeah. It, and so so at this point, come the trade deadline, if it's time to move on and start uh, acquiring draft picks, do it. I don't care. Whatever you're going to do, go full, full bore, go all in and make it happen. Let's not be mediocre this year. No, I, I, I agree. Um, and, and to your point of the coaching staff, um, you know, after watching a game like that, yeah, everybody wants Del Rio to be fired, right? Um, but it, but it's, are you going to be, are you going to be better or equal if he's, if he's gone? Um, if, if you're going to try to tank, you know, you, yeah, you can start firing coaching staffs and 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 watch, uh, watch the players take over and and, and tear up the locker room. Um, but I, I I will say, you know, for for the people that are not Ron Rivera fans. Um, these, these are the kind of games that, that that you have a few over a season, and these are the kind of games that do get coaches fired. So, oh, absolutely. absolutely. So, if you're not a, so if you're not a Ron Rivera fan, you should be happy about this, right? Yeah. Um, not, not, not sad about it or, or angry about it. Um, yeah, it's um, you, know, you, you covered a lot of ground there, but – I think, you know, when you say trust the process, it's a matter of what is the, what is that process, right? So I'm sure uh, Ron Rivera and staff have had meetings with the ownership to let them know what the, what the long-term plan is, you know, what the two, uh, one, two, three-year plan is to get to the point of, of being good. Um, normally, in, in coaches circles, you, you give a, a coach three years, maybe four years, if they're not totally terrible, uh, but we're at that point now. Um, and so I, I, I'm, I, I don't know that Ron Rivera, uh, at a mediocre year, I do not think that he's going to survive it. Um, I think one thing that people may not think about or have thought about yet is Daniel Snyder's gone. Um, the, the, the chances of getting the hot coach, whether it's an offensive coordinator, whether it's a defensive coordinator, whether it's Eric Bieniemy, um, Washington is, is, is not necessarily a bad place to, to be. Um, if Sam Howell continues to grow and you've got new ownership, you potentially have a quarterback that you can, that you can go with. You've got some talent here. Um, it, this could be a very welcoming site for up-and-coming coaches to where you wouldn't get those coaches 
uh, in past years under, under Daniel Snyder. Um, so it's going to be interesting, you know, Hey, if they, if they turn it around and, and, and make a, make a season out of it, who, who knows where they, where they go. They, you know, they may just barely miss the playoffs or might just, might make the playoffs as a wild card, but still decide that this is not the direction of, of the team that they want to go and go another, another route with a, with a coaching staff. Um, well, and to that, to that point, I think this will also not be a bad place for top players to come. Right. You know, I know people talked about, you know, well, we, you know, we, we could have had um, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and, and, and Matthew Stack. No, those guys had choices. They were free agents or the teams that they were, they were on at the time were willing to do right by them as well. And if they weren't interested in coming to Washington, Washington can't make them come. So this whole thing of like, like Washington just sat on their hands and then try to go get a quarterback is absolutely untrue. I have no doubt that they talked to they talked to Detroit about Matthew Stafford, that they talked to Seattle about Russell Wilson and Green Bay about Aaron Rodgers. But if those guys say no, I'm not interested in Washington, take Washington off my list, deal is done. It's a dead right. deal at that point. Right. Um, so so but now that Snyder is gone and we're no longer talking about all of the off the field issues with the organization. I believe free agents now will consider Washington as, as a, as a destination as a free agent. But I want to also put out to on a different note here, you know, listening to all of the post game interviews with the players, I am sick and tired of hearing players talking about how it's on us. We have to do better. We need to play together. We just got to come out and start fast. If you sit there and listen to Chase Young's, post-game press cover, he pulled the Marshawn Lynch. He essentially just talked yep. about, we just got to start fast. We just got to start fast. You no, been, they, they, have been, they have been saying start fast for years. Then who the hell is going to make you start fast? If you keep saying we got to start fast, then, then do it. Then just simply do it. We talk about how we, we can't be freelance and we got to play together. You hear John, you hear John Allen, you hear um, Montez Sweat talking about how we got to play together and everybody's got to do their job. Then do it. What is so hard about it? I don't understand. You keep talking about how you need to do your job. Then do your damn job. Beat the guy, you know beat what, the guy you're against, right? You know what the damn scheme is going into the game. And then and then when it doesn't work and we get into our post game, your response is, well, we didn't do our job. Then the question should be, then why didn't you? Why didn't you do your job on Thursday? Why didn't you do your job on Sunday? Why didn't you do the job the, the Sunday prior? You've, you've allowed 30-something points this season in four of the five games, and that doesn't include the we-need-to-do-our-job segments that we had all of last year. I don't understand as to you keep saying it, but no one is doing it. So the question is, why? Why are you not doing it? Yeah. And I just I, I'm so frustrated with this defensive thing, man. And whether that's Jack Dare real or all the plays, I'm to the point now, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with if they just tear the whole damn thing down. Because clearly, apparently, with six first rounders on your defense, over half of your defense are first round picks, you right. can't be a top 10 defense year in and year out, then something is wrong. And it ain't just the scheme. Okay. I'm not gonna say the scheme is not a contributing factor, Ken, but it's not just the scheme. The players have to be accountable for that. Unfortunately, they're not going to fire all the players. They're going to fire the coach. Right. But if you don't have the right players that are willing to hold themselves accountable, then it doesn't matter. Well, so it, you know it, what? So then yeah. trade them. Trade them. Get, get the guys in here that are going to be willing to play together as a team. 
yeah. in a discussion. I'm sorry yeah. about it. Yeah, it. Um, yeah, for, for those that are that are debating on whether to keep uh, Montez or keep Chase, uh, they keep playing like this as, as a defensive unit, and and neither one is going to be here. Um, I don't know that either one is going to be here anyway, but that's another conversation. I think you know as we got to this part of the season, you know, as we're looking at the schedule, even even before the Chicago game. You look and you say, oh, we got Chicago, we got the Falcons, and we got the Giants. We we can take those three games and, you know, we're, we're at, at that point, if you if you win those three games, you're, what is that, five and two? And, and looking good for the, the back half of the year. Well, you lose to Chicago. <laughs> I mean, you didn't just lose. You, you lost, lost to Chicago. Um, right. So, are, are they going to – they got two teams on paper that are not very good teams coming up with Atlanta and and the Giants that are – they're both struggling. And, and if you can't beat those teams um, and, and have a better showing, man, we we, we will have a top 10 pick. Um, and, let, and let me tell you, and, da- and Daniel Jones and the New York Giants always seem to have our number. So the fact that the Giants are very good right now means absolutely nothing because when it because whenever they come to town or we go to New York, it doesn't matter what the New York Giants have looked like any previous game because Danny Jones is going to run all, all over us, going to look like an All Pro quarterback, well, and it'll be and, it, and it, it'll be just it'll be very Washington like that. We get ready to play New York, and that's when Saquon Barkley comes back and he'll run for two hundred yards. Well, and it's and it's one of those things also that um, if you're a good team, you should be able to take advantage of teams that are bad and just put a whooping on them and 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 be ready for ready for the next game. Uh, you know, when when you have a playoff team come along, you know the 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 Chicago's should just be blips on the map that you get through, and maybe a couple of the the bad teams give you a, a little bit of a give you a little bit of a game going into the first three quarters and all of a sudden fourth quarter, you, you get it together and, and, and win it. Um, but man, you, every game we're, we're losing or we're, we're hanging on to, to got to have this crazy comeback or hang on to, to win. Um, it, it's not nowhere close to playoff football. So look, man, if we're supposed to be a good team, when good team, when bad teams play us and they kind of stick around, they should be walking away with more victories. Right. It, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be the situation where we're losing against bad team. If we're supposed to be considered a good team and we're trying to be a good team, then bad teams come to town and we go to their home and they play us. It should be. They should be walking away at the plan of with more victories, feeling like they gave it a good fight, they hung in there, and we gave it our best. But at the end of the day, we're just not at the level of Washington. That ain't what is not what's happening. We we we're not we're we're not the team that we thought we were to where we can go in here and beat bad teams. The bad teams apparently is still kicking our butt too. Well, bad teams think they got a chance to to turn it around against us. You, absolutely. You, you think you you think Atlanta's worried about us next week? Nah. Nah. That's that's their that's their chance to 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 turn it around and start the season. You know back on on track where they wanted to go uh we'll see if it happens um yeah. but we'll we'll have a podcast here in in a few days to 
review the upcoming Atlanta game and what we need to get get squared away for that. I mean, obviously, the defense needs to slow down the offense of, of Atlanta's. Uh, but we can talk more about that. Um, I know typically on you, you look at it and you go, okay, we've got 10 days here um, till the next game. But they're not in there working, right? They, they normally don't even show up until Monday or Tuesday. Monday they get some uh, – normally getting treatment and then some light workout type of thing, and, and you don't really get into the game uh, strategy until Tuesday, Wednesday. So the advantage is, is that you got a little bit of a chance to heal some bumps and bruises, but hey, Washington's healthy right now and getting our butts whooped. Let, let us have three or four injuries. You know, let us have some key players get injured. It could get ugly real fast based off of how we've played the last two out of three weeks. We played decent against uh, uh, Philly, but, you know, but as, 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 as they do it, as they do it, baseball. Yeah. You, you, we need to ask ourselves, are we buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? And as of right now, we need to be sellers. Tear it down, man. Yeah, I, I I think it's too early to tell. Uh, let me let me see one more game. Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not against a good team, right? I'm I'm having the conversations. I, I've got no problem with uh, having the conversations of of being sellers. But I, let me let me see one more game, and you know we'll we'll pull the trigger or or hold our cards after that. So. Well, my biggest issue, again, is with the defense, not the offense. I expect the offense to have up and down. My right. issue is with the defense. So I don't want to get back on the soapbox and get into it again yep. on this defense, but but my biggest issue with the defense, and that's where I'm talking about get rid of them. If, if they're not going to be together and play as a team, as a unit, four years into this, still right. talking about what they need to do, then get rid of them. Get the ones in here that want to be here and want to do what you ask them to do. Well, you, you also but. have to have players that teams want. And I don't know how many players. Oh, we got some. Uh, we got some. We, we we got a couple, but I don't know what you're going to get for them. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, but anything else you got to to touch on on this before we before we roll out of here today? No, man. I think that's it, man. I think we can finally close. At least for me and you, can finally close the door on this uh, the Chicago Bear debacle. And uh, we can move on to the uh, the Atlanta Falcons, man. So that's really all I got. Yeah, uh, it's the same here. Um, it, it it was an ugly one to have to go through, and ho- hopefully it'll be the win or lose. Hopefully we don't see another game that bad all season long. Uh, that'll that'll make you not want to watch any more football for the season if you if you have too many like that. You know, let's let's hope not. Yeah, but. Uh, until next week, or until the next preview of next week, peace out, knuckleheads. Peace out, y'all.